0: Dream vocabulary is not your typical word of the day podcast. We don't just define words, we contextualize them in terms of their history, etymology, politics, and aesthetics. In other words, we look at the culture behind words. I'm here with Josh.
1: Hello. Abraham. Hey.
0: A there. And uh, Efren. Hey, y'all. And uh, I'm Aaron, of course. And uh, we're here at Extreme Vocabulary. We here at Extreme Vocabulary, we deal with words. And so uh, the word of the day is uh, loot. Abe, I'll turn it over to you. Give us some etymology about the word loot. Unless anybody else wants to chime in first.
1: Bing! <laughs> that's a chime.
2: Well, this ain't yeah, a game show, the... so. <laughs> oh, that's the Zoom chime when you get kicked out and come back in.
0: Oh, that's. Terrible. I hear that all the time now.
2: Yeah. Well, that's something we're definitely Uh, going to be
0: talking about our new way of
2: doing business. Yeah. How it's not ideal. All right. So let me say a few things about loot and looting. Uh, Loot is a noun, it's a person, place, or thing. (laughs) Um, Okay. So the definition that I've kind of compiled. Is uh, that loot is is or yeah, loot is the spoils of war taken by violence, rape, burning, destruction, and it's the spoils that are taken. Yeah, plunder. It's the spoils that are taken by the victors of war. Um, Except that now we've deleted like the war context. And we just kind of refer to any, like, destruction of property or taking of money or goods. Um, You know, yeah, destruction of property or the taking by force of money or goods. Um, And we tend to think of it in terms of, like, urban environments and uh, urban unrest and things like that. Uh, the etymology of the term, uh, the etymology is going to bring us to a history of British colonialism, because the word um, lu is a South Asian word, specifically from Sanskrit through the Hindu, and in the Sanskrit, and of course I'm not going to know how to pronounce this because I don't know any Sanskrit at all, at all. But loot comes from the Sanskrit doltra or um, which means uh, spoil or to or to break. the The actual root word in Sanskrit loot means to break, and in Sanskrit there's also another word lunt, l u n t, which means to rob. Um, those aren't the only those are not the only definitions of loot. There is another one that's like really specific to the British, which is from around like the 17th century, um, which refers interregnum. to a, a, a. Is that what that's what year that's from the interregnum? 17th
0: century, early 17th century is the interregnum. I'm sorry, I've been doing trivia lately on my phone. I'm so sorry. I just remember that <laughs> one recently. Aaron,
1: I gotta know though. Do you know why it's called the interregnum? Because that's fascinating.
0: It's the inter between reigns. That's basically what it means. Yeah, so oh,
2: it's
1: between, between the time,
0: tutors. Between, uh, between royals. Yeah, it's when the, the, the nobody
1: took over. It's between the tutors and the stewards or something right. like that? Okay, cool. Thank you.
0: you Learn something. Uh, yeah, okay, so tasty there nugget. is...
2: <laughs> <laughs> so there is a definition of loot from that time which refers to a ladle that's used to remove scum from a brine pan. Did you mean ladle? I have no idea what that means. I, sure. The, I just the, pronounce it ladle. It's the grease, the fat, you know, from the, um, the
0: probably the the pig, I'm assuming. It's the...
3: Uh... You mm-hmm. all don't normally remove some from your brine pans? That's, come on.
2: Yeah,
0: 20%.
3: but I
2: just call it grasa.
1: Oh, it's a special ladle to remove grease from a pan. That sounds like a spatula, maybe? Yeah. Or oh, maybe it's like a spatula with like uh, something on the side so you can scrap scrape the grease and it won't fall off the sides, maybe?
2: Yeah, probably. I was trying to look up a picture of it, but I couldn't find anything. Um, That's because the term is not used um, really anymore. It it had like a specific, uh, like maybe two centuries of use. And so I don't think people use it like that anymore. They don't refer to it as loot, I think. Or it might just be a British thing. So we live in the US. I don't hear it very often.
1: I like to think that our current use of the word loot has nothing to do with um, the Sanskrit to break mm-hmm. or to rob, but is just about getting the grease from the pan of life. Yeah.
2: The, the yeah. other See, Skimming um, off the meaning...
1: pot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: That's a great one, actually. Skimming off the pot, because I was just about pot. to say that another definition of loot is, um, is money. It's a slang term for money. So, you know, like skimming something off the top is like a phrase that's usually used, you know, when you're stealing money from whatever, from some cash or some treasury or fund. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I think there's a famous song by Notorious Big, right? Give me the loop.
1: Do you mean Notorious B.I.G.? What are people saying today?
3: What did I say? Notorious B.I.G.?
1: I think you said notorious big.
3: I think I did say that, and that's. You
0: really, did, you said the notorious big.
3: That's clearly
1: hey, wrong. Come I'm, on, a, man. I'm you an can, old man. I'm an old you man. We can say what we want.
0: You, you lived through man. that same time period we did.
1: Come on. Yeah, but I
3: was older.
0: So, what were well, too busy? <laughs> Never mind.
1: <laughs> I'm like that annoying kid in class today that's like correcting the teacher. Um, excuse me, there's no comma in, <laughs> on the prompt or whatever.
0: I think we all do that at certain times.
2: Here's a few other form uh, definitions of the word loot. Loot is also a um, a shortening of the word lieutenant, so it's used in the army a lot. You know, just oh. to refer to a lieutenant. It's loot. LT, like Cap is Captain. Yeah. You know? Oh. Like Efren. Efren is the captain of our ship, and we just and Aaron just calls him Cap. He, no, he tries. Oh to wait, that's like Captain. Oh, right, 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 right. right. Me, you're, you're the all the captains. Yeah. I um, let them so, believe that, Let them believe it. It's OK. <laughs> so there's that, loot, loot as a lieutenant. And then, of course, we have uh, loot as a verb, or a transitive verb, which means to plunder or sack a city or building.
0: Corporate looting.
2: So those are the definitions. Yeah, those are the definitions coming out of the OED. Um, I wanted to mention a few things that I found strange about the OED uh, list, because I also looked up looting and I looked up a few other forms of the word loot. But none of them, none of those in the OED really talk about looting the way it's talked about in the news or the way that politicians talk about it or the way that the police talk about it, right? you talk about looting as a street crime and that definition for some reason is missing in the OED i don't know if they need to update well, it it's racist, that that's is one well yeah but that you know just because something is racist doesn't mean that the definition isn't going to appear on oed right it would probably be marked as oh yeah yeah of course but it, it need, i think it needs to be there and it needs to be marked as that right that it's it's a term that's used to talk about urban street crime or something like that. Um, and so that definition is missing.
1: So then, the, um, the reason, well, you're saying, there was the definition of taking goods by force during wartime, right? So you're saying that like the current street crime, it's like to use the word loop, right, the, would be to imply that the urban force is uh, like another country or something like that or an invading force because they are taking goods right or robbing
2: right yeah yeah the the point i'm making is that like the context is a war context right um Mm -hmm. but the way we're using it today Especially in terms of you know uh, the a lot of the protests that are happening in the U.S. right now, the way we're using it today is out of the war context, right? So there's no war context here, and it's being brought into discussions of like civil unrest and things like that. And in criminology, the word looting is being used in the sense of talking about street crimes. Um, not that I'm and again not that I'm supporting like that kind of definition or anything like that but it, it's just weird that it's not in the OED um, and so uh, yeah so I was mentioning that the word lute comes from uh, it's a South Asian word you know from the Sanskrit or the Hindu and um, so I feel like we have to talk a little bit about um, British colonialism and how the British looted India. Uh, Aaron, you're our our resident historian.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Turn to page 297 of your mind.
0: That's not the page we need to be on, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) What about Um, British colonialism? Kipling. uh, What about Kipling? He is the writer of British colonialism. Among others, but yeah, he's the, the big name yeah
2: well, I guess we could do it this way D- Did you guys um see these news reports um and I think they were back from twenty sixteen I believe uh the Pakistan government asked um asked uh the Brits to return the diamond they sold. Do you guys know this? The the diamond of India the uh, or... I'm
0: sorry, star of India, that big
2: sucker. Yeah, that jewel. It's called the Kohinoor. It's um, It really it's cool. like this huge diamond that that um, that the Brits got from India at the very moment that they colonized them. So like when when the Punjabi um, monarchy like surrendered to the Brits. The one thing they did was they surrendered like their sovereignty, and the way that they expressed that surrender was by giving over the this huge diamond that then um, that then the the uh, British army gave over to um, to what was her name again uh, Queen Victoria, and Queen Victoria wore it as a brooch on her dress. It was like right here. And then um, they wore a brooch on her dress. Kind <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Scottish there. And then they um, they later cut the diamond in half uh, because it was just like too big. And they like polished it and cut it in a certain way so that like more light would be able to reflect out of it, and so it looked a lot prettier or something like that. It was, and then they um, put it into the crown. Which every queen has worn so far, I think. Uh, Ceremonial, and it's actually yeah, and it's actually like the centerpiece of the crown.
1: Is there a like a contract or something like that that um, explains this exchange of this diamond for um, for surrender or whatever it was? The you know yeah I mean? the, yeah there was, uh, and. Okay, so are you saying that that's a kind of loot, a looting? Yeah, I'm totally saying that. <laughs> but do you think that if it was sort of, um, uh, you mean so that it was legal? Yeah, yeah. You're is arguing whether legal?
2: it's legal. Yeah. Well, that that's the thing, right? Because um, the idea is that there we can kind of make a difference between two forms of looting, right? At least in like white supremacist discourse or colonial discourse, there's two forms of looting. One is the looting that's done by the Brits, and then the other is the looting that's done by everybody else. The looting that's done by everyone else is wrong, but the one that's done by the Brits is just fine, or it's excused. Whitewashed um, by history. Right, in well, this case civilization. Uh, well, yeah. well, the idea is that the the uh, the British, right, um, took over India at a moment of civil war, in a moment where they were transitioning between kings. Like, I think at one point, the had, Yeah, that they, they were transitioning between kings because there was a lot of um, infighting between the, the the royal families, and uh, lots of kings got killed and. India ended up with a 10 year old as a king because he was the only one left out of the lineage, I think, or he was like the nearest of kin and the nearest in line for the throne. And that's the one that they got, that um, the Brits got to sign a contract saying that they were going to, that India would surrender its sovereignty. And as an act of surrendering its sovereignty, that it would surrender this jewel.
0: Yeah, pretty easy to hoodwink a 10 year old there.
2: Well, and and to to take advantage of a situation where the country was just in turmoil. Right. Opportunistic.
1: Do you think it's kind of cool that then that would become like the centerpiece of this crown? It's like, this is what it means to be English. You trick people out of giant... Diamonds, what Mm -hmm. a value! The the way Um, I understand
0: it, can I jump real quick? Go ahead. Is that uh, you know the the diamond (laughs) is the the star of India, and India is considered the the jewel of of British col of all the British colonies. Like that's the one most most valuable one.
2: Mm. I think that's Right, right. That yeah, that they were making the most money off of it, the most exports from it. That it was the biggest piece of land grab that
3: they had yeah yeah so like when looting yeah lo- looting by colonial looting is always like legitimized by contractual law right and like, like contract right so like it's you know it's it's sort of like corporate looting like someone mentioned earlier like it's usually it wasn't automated. illegal yeah and if it what and if it's it's sort of like enron right like they always the famous uh I forgot what movie it was about, uh, corporate, um, the recession and all the like corporate looting where it's like, Oh, at first it's illegal and then it becomes legal and then everyone does it. And then it becomes like fine, you know? So the same things that like the people from Enron, they, they're in jail for, they probably went in jail for like four months. Uh, it is now, it's now legitimate. It's now legitimate action with the people from Enron dude.
1: Mm-hmm. What did they do again?
3: It's too complicated for me to like, I don't In mean crimes. that it's too com- it, It's okay. Yeah, it's it's really complicated, yeah.
0: You need the IRS for that one. But
1: yeah. Um, Abe, to go back to our earlier uh, moment that you had um, today, do you think that there is a word that more accurately describes what's happening Uh, well today being or you know what happened a few weeks ago it's June 16th in 2020 dear listener which means we just underwent uh, the massive George Floyd protests and accompanying acts of um, property displacement I guess or whatever you want to call it if not looting property replacement i don't
3: know a reappropriation that's a reappropriation. the word I was looking for it's reappropriation of already stolen value
1: yeah. and it's a drop in the
0: bucket when you think about it
1: yeah i was wondering like with regards to that do you think like insurance companies are going to need like federal support or something like that to pay off all these um they've
0: gotten advantages? federal support
1: they already did
0: they, they did the banks uh several institutions remember 2009 2008
1: yeah but what about now
0: oh they got they got a trump day a lot recently too in the tax uh the tax passing of the tax law that he had uh when was it 2017 or 18
1: but that's only gonna make them pay themselves an- more they're always still gonna be like redlining right like as an insurance company. How do you know? How do you know? Be- because that's like what, the, what a major problem with our economy right now, which is that everybody's running on a, like efficiency based model. So there's no uh, backup plan or backup to the backup plan. Well,
0: unless like the vast majority of people are not paying back what they owe or the interest even, then they're going to be all right making money off of that.
1: I mean, okay, re- with regards to insurance, right? They're trying to get enough money that they'll have enough money if, for, for something that goes wrong. But if everybody gets in a car accident on one day, then insurance companies won't be able to pay everybody out.
3: Oh, I see what you're saying, Josh. Yeah, I mean, I, mean the, I think the amount of value that needs to be recovered from looting is actually really minuscule. Uh, like what? The, how, how many targets burned down? Like one, two? Yeah, I mean, and it was mostly you know, Patagonia
0: and stores like that in Santa Monica and Beverly Hills, right? It was high-end places.
3: Yeah, compared to the amount of money insurance companies have, if they even want to cover it, because I'm sure they're going to fight it. I'm sure they're going to say it was like a sort of act that's outside of the parameters of their policy, because that's what insurance, mm-hmm. co- insurance companies do, right? That's their job, literally. People's job is to say like, no, we're not going to cover it because of some tiny loophole. Uh, So insurance companies are so wealthy. I'm not worried at all about. I mean, I'm not. Mm. They're 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 insurance companies will never go under. Yeah, you're probably right. This is funny, um, uh, though. That I think um, in Great Britain didn't. uh, I think Wimbledon was it the. um, It might have been Wimbledon. You know, the tennis tournament that happens every year. I think they bought insurance for the past, I don't know, 10 or 15 years that covers like, like COVID. So now the insurance company is going to have to pay Wimbledon like a lot of money that's like far outstrips with what Wimbledon paid in like premiums in the past like 10 or 15 years. Oh, they so- were
1: doing like pandemic insurance?
3: Yeah, they were doing, oh. like, I think it was, they like. They
0: saw this coming 15 years
1: ago, shit.
3: I think it was, like, a million. It was, like, a million a year they were paying. And then I think the payout's going to be, like, $30 million.
1: Hmm.
3: Not bad. That's insane. So the insurance company's going to take a bath on this, maybe. But they'll probably fight that in court, too. And, that, fight that, that. Rarely,
0: and that rarely happens where they got them by the, by the short and curlies. It's usually the other way around. Mm-hmm.
1: I kind of think like a lot of companies had some sort of backup plan for the pandemic or just something huge happening because you saw pretty quickly like these vague commercials coming out um, where they would be like, we never imagined it would come to this, but in times like this, at least we have general mills oatmeal or whatever, you know? And it was like, how did you how did you have that in the barrel right now
3: uh it doesn't take long to shoot one of those i mean
1: i couldn't quickly. have even been shooting it though oh, oh yeah they could right it's mostly yeah i saw a lot of uh, graphic um, and text but like i don't it's graphic
3: know. and voiceover
1: <laughs> you don't think that was a plan
3: no. Well, I think they do have plans, but, like, I think shooting the actual commercials happened, you know, just on the fly.
0: Yeah, they didn't shoot those commercials just because they knew the plans, yes, those things exist, sure.
1: I, th- I see some outdated commercials still, like, uh, like the new Corona beer commercial. Seems like, Yeah. Uh, It seems unrelated. I I forget it's
0: Smirnoff. It's 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 Smirnoff, but it's not really Smirnoff. It's like Smirnoff in a bottle or a can. Like it looks like a Budweiser, like um, Bud Light bottle, the blue ones.
1: Is it Smirnoff Ice?
0: It it might be, but it it might have another name, anyways. And so they've been advertising lately how you know, you know, oh, you want to be with your friends, Dave, right? You want to shimmy in the sun. He's like doing like this, and they go, but no, don't do it. Stay at home, you know that kind of thing. Oh yeah, yeah. I thought that was funny. you want to shimmy in the sun with your friends? <sighs> Anyways. I want to shimmy in the sun. There's no damn sun
2: today. So are, so are we saying that um, insurance companies are looting right now? Or what are we saying? They've been looting. It's a racket. Usury. Usury of
0: any kind has been doing it for as long as they've been around.
1: You know, I know we have a very radical audience. I know that most of our audience is currently living in the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, but can we? Dave is over there in Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. Uh, Andrea, um, who else is over there? Anyways, um, maybe we should go back because I think it might have gone over some people's heads to what Efren called it, called uh, looting reappropriation of of what was it again
3: of already stolen value
1: yeah what what do you mean by that
3: um i mean that for instance um let's say uh this is just my like sort of like marxist point of view on it you know that let's say uh people reappropriate items from a beverly hills boutique right I'm saying that the production of those, clo- those clothes was already the result of stolen and expo- exploited labor. So it's like, um, it's already stolen from the people who created those clothes who probably got paid like nothing. So, um, so the, all that value, right, it was created by the people who produced the clothes. Uh, so I just consider it being reappropriated, um, you know, already stolen goods or already stolen value, the val- labor value that went into the clothing that's being marked up. But of course, it's true that it's not necessarily the same people that, you know, it's not the same. I don't think, I don't think.
1: You didn't say say return of value. You said reappropriation of value, which I think is accurate.
3: And the same could be said of land, right? So autonomous zones, for example, are just the reappropriation of already stolen land.
1: Wait, who, what are you talking about, Efren?
3: I'm saying that somebody wasn't.
1: America wasn't just like this big open field?
3: No, no. Uh, uh you know, so somebody, you know, came on the land and uh obviously took it over and legitimated it through contract. Uh so, you know, but I mean, for me it's stolen. It's still looting. It's it's just legitimized looting.
2: Yeah, there's there's a question here about um <clears throat> whether what looting in the sense that we think of it today right Uh, and and in reference to the protest you know like what is the function of looting or like is there a message behind looting at all which is kind of like what Efren's talking about you know that it's a looting is a how do you say it again reappropriation of value um but also whether yeah it's saying something about the distinction between like public and private right and it's like what is public property and what is private property and like what happens in a looting situation is that that becomes blurred where like the thing that's considered private just becomes a kind of like free for all <laughs> it just becomes like it it you know the box of diapers becomes for whoever's going to get it. And that's it. Um, So, yeah. So my question is just like, is there, is there a message behind looting? Because most people don't think about that, right? Like when they think of looting, it's just like, Oh, that's just bad. Let's stop these people or something like that. But what if there's a message there? And if there is one, then what is
3: it? Well, I mean, I can, sorry, I'm, I'm talking a lot, but like, I think one is the, uh, the sort of implicit assertion of the uh, use value over exchange value, right? Use value over commodification. So in other words, like if you use the diapers example, right? Uh, somebody mm-hmm. is subverting or, or, or circumventing commodity exchange dynamics, right? The sale, the exchange of money, um, and instead asserting the use value that it needs to be used and that it'll be taken and used um, whereas like you know the a capitalist system is based on the commodity exchange and exchange value right it's the each same principle of
0: sorry in each set of hands that touches they got to get their cut
3: mm-hmm.
0: whatever is being yeah, exchanged
3: yeah absolutely so this uh, uh, one could describe looting in part as circumventing all of that all that like sort of um, the system of, of uh, exchange where you know it's the same principle why uh, a supermarket, if the food's about to go bad, it doesn't give it away for free to people who are starving. Instead, it either destroys it or it trashes it to make sure that it's not sold or not or not used.
0: That's the worst thing to me. It's so wasteful to do that. I mean, what does it cost to donate to homeless yeah. shelters, right?
3: Yeah, and and some do now. Recently, some do
1: kind of because yeah, it looks
3: good. It looks mm-hmm, good, VR wise. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Well, they also but get
2: tax tax cuts yeah. on that.
1: Also, if you donate it directly to that shelter, you're kind of locking up that value again, so it never has a chance to like uh, re-enter the economy or something.
3: Yeah, and they're
0: it's also perishable food; it's gonna get eaten.
1: Yeah.
3: But- yeah, they're converting they're converting that value of the food into a PR value or like sort of social and cultural capital for the company. And thus hoping that that investment in cultural capital for the company will result in more commodity exchange. People will want to go to the market because they feel like, Oh, this is a market that cares about people who are hungry. So it's like, they're mm-hmm. converting that by donating it, they're converting it into like social capital for the company.
0: All right. But at least the food's not getting wasted. And some homeless people are eating. The, you know, I'll I take that if they're
2: gonna do it, anyways.
0: Mm-hmm. Abe, go ahead.
2: Oh no, I was just saying that I think it's interesting because I feel like we're sort of moving into discussing loot as the the slang term that I mentioned earlier, which is it's just a slang term for money. So. If we want to talk about loot or looting, we actually just need to talk about money itself and like what money does or how we use money, um, what we do with it, how we accumulate it or save it or distribute it or whatever, you know, or like what we expect for money or what we are expected to do for it. Um, So yeah, just like it just becomes like kind of like more general, general discussion of like our economic system as opposed to just like one specific thing, you know, about like I don't know, people breaking windows and taking things, you know, no matter what it is. I don't know. I just use diapers because I remember the the one thing that like as I was raising my daughters, the one thing that was worrying the most was diapers. Especially running out of diapers like at friggin' 10.30 10.30 p.m. at night or something like that. And it's like, dude, where am I going
3: to go get diapers right now? Yes. But anyway. Or well, they but close at 10. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're an item that's often uh, looted. Like, yeah. one of the first times. ones to go.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, but like pe- when people talk about looting, they usually imagine people are stealing like TVs or something like that. <laughs> like, These they're are stealing heavy. Like, yeah like they're stealing some like big screen tv or something it's like dude that's kind of hard to do you know like yeah it's yeah it's so much easier to take like a box of diapers you know because you can take quite a few actually <laughs> you know like you can i saw take i saw some surfboards
0: chat. some surfboards getting taken from the uh, one of the stores in santa monica oh really yeah the most scenes. people are taking the clothes and everything and then you see a couple people coming out with surfboards
3: I saw somebody Once, come out of a cheesecake factory with a full cheesecake.
0: <laughs> full cheesecake. $40? Lucky. Sorry, <laughs> forgot we are recording.
1: <laughs> oh, shoot. You're right. That's Mom, about how much. That's that about, out.
0: Sorry. <laughs> that's that. That's about what it costs, right, for a whole cheesecake.
3: Oh, I would say even probably more than that, if it's one of the fancy ones.
0: I'm talking about the plain one. About 40 at least.
3: Forty or a whole really? for a full cheesecake?
0: Yeah, they're
2: not even that big. I
0: mean, they're rich. Don't get it wrong, but
3: I like. You. Why, why
2: don't they hit up Marie Callender's, dude? <laughs> when they have a special, it's like because they're weeks. looting. It doesn't
0: matter. <laughs>
2: get the lobster. That's for pies.
1: I the think. live lobsters. Yeah, red lobster.
0: <laughs> when I say get the lobster, I mean in, in general, just get the best of whatever wherever you're at. You know? Yeah. If it's cheesecake. Get the freaking fancy whole
2: cheesecake. Yeah, I can imagine somebody just, like, walking in with a sack full of lobsters. <laughs> that would be hilarious.
0: You've all heard the term liquidity, right, how it refers to finances? No, tell us. Well, I'm no expert in this. It's not my field, but the little bit I know is uh, liquidity is, like, your you know, your cash flow, your the ability to pull and, you know, have this amount of cash on hand at a certain time, right? So it's a combination of like what you can pull out of the bank, your savings, maybe even credit, you know, if you can get from them. And so that's liquidity. And when it's not, you know, it's like all my assets are, you know, not, are not liquid. Right. My dad would say that sometimes like I got no money and nothing's liquid. Right. It's like, everything's all tied up in land essentially. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, I kind of do a similar thing where I, instead of having a lot of cash, a lot of liquidity around, I invest it in another type of liquid. (laughs) <laughs> and I store them. <laughs> That's my investment. It's pretty stupid, but some people think it's glorious. I don't know.
3: Just wait till there's a, maybe there's going to be a, a shortage of uh, of the type of liquid you're talking about. Then you're going to be extremely wealthy.
0: I'm always worried about that. <laughs> That's always my excuse. <laughs> She's going to kill me, I swear. I've gotten, I've got over 40 bottles now. Wow. But if I get wow. any more, she'll kill me. <laughs> Impressive. <laughs> except the except gift, though. Gift is okay.
1: Yeah. Well, I didn't we'll buy to- it. Well, we'll alcohol is used as uh, money in Russia, I guess, right? So, Art.
0: <laughs> whatever so, can be a uh, valuable commodity can be used as money.
1: It can hold value. Yeah, or shelf stable. But they are, uh, yeah,
0: indefinitely they last.
1: I want to ask a question because I like uh, don't know the answer to this, but thinking about looting as we see it today as this sort of like forceful um, removal of value from an institution um, under the threat of like maybe physical altercations or violence, to what degree is regular money that too? You know what I mean? To To what degree is money also retaining its value through physical violence Mm
3: -hmm. or like
1: through a physical imposition or um, maybe even a psychic imposition. Um, You know what I'm saying?
0: One of you two, I tap out on this.
3: I'm not (laughs) not sure exactly the question. I mean, I think I know what you're saying saying this is like that you need money or else you can't survive at all and then like the the the, a bit like not being able to survive without it is a sort of violence
1: well that's one thing yeah but sure but also thinking about how like um money as we know it came into being which is partly you know extracting value from india or whatever and beginning this um legacy of power or being such a staple of the uh, legacy of power in England and then America extracting uh, you know and then I guess we were British too then extracting value from the Americas resources Um, yeah and then it just seems like at the end of the road there's always um, like a military presence, keeping money in play, oh, Knox. or something like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know exactly how to phrase it, but I, I guess I'm just trying to say, is the money that uh, we're told is like the legitimate money to what degree, and we do call it loot, almost as if, I mean, that's what I was think. That's what made me start thinking of this: the fact that we would call regular money loot is almost like a critique of what it is Mm -hmm. you know what i mean it's like it's all defiled
2: right well i mean we do have that phrase you know like dirty money um because i think most people understand implicitly that like money is in itself dirty that it contains in itself like acts of violence or robbery or exploitation, things like that. Um, that the things we had to do to obtain it and to have it and to do what we please with it required yeah. all kinds of violence or something like that.
1: Yeah. Do you think at the beginning of money, there really was just this like utopian uh, world where it's like, I just like having these shells? You know, yes, you got those <laughs> shells, I just like them. So you can have this cow, you know, or whatever.
0: Mm -hmm. Like the barter system?
1: Yeah, I guess so. That's what it was before money, you
3: know. I think money uh, assumed a new sort of uh, significance when the amount of value out there far exceeded any ability for it to be physically represented. So like, you know, I don't know who's the rich, like Jeff Bezos, like he can't convert his, the value of his fortune into like gold or commodity because it's just too much it's just too it's way too much there's not enough maybe even yeah there's probably not even enough like platinum to even like you know represent physically the amount of value he has so it's just numbers it's it's literally just numbers
2: he's he's gonna become the, for the thing he's gonna he's on the way to becoming the first trillionaire right in like six years or something like that that's Nobody insane. gets away from Amazon, man. You can't avoid it. Yeah. That's insane, dude. I think in the 80s, people were still mm-hmm. talking about millionaires. And then by the time we hit the 90s, I guess. Yeah, millionaires were,
0: were a big yeah. thing back then. Now they're like, yeah. I'm a dozen. Yeah, <laughs> Well, not that many, but yeah. yeah.
2: If you're a millionaire, you're just like middle class or something.
0: <laughs> it's almost like that, yeah. I think it's about time for a break. What do you guys think? And we need to get to Lit Corner anyways.
1: Yeah, let's go make a million bucks, come back, do Literature Corner. All right. Uh, and then we'll have enough money for Lobster. Yes, we All right.
0: Okay, uh, each episode on Extreme Vocabulary features a piece of literature that uses today's word. Efren, what piece of literature do you got for us today?
3: Yeah, I'm really excited. Uh, Today I have a poem by the playwright uh, and performance artist uh, Linnell Moise, uh, who was born in Port-au-Prince, Haiti, and grew up in Boston, and whose work really uh, grapples with a lot of issues of race and gender and sexual identity, and also, um, you know, very influenced by jazz and hip hop. So uh, today, I'm going to read the first, uh, first about four stanzas of a poem called "Where Are Protests Sound," and this is by uh, Linal Moise, the poet. Uh, Linal Moise. So, uh, all ready. We're mm-hmm. ready. Yeah. Okay, this is where our protests sound, but now moist. Jazz is underwater. Vodou Atlantis mute. Aborted ultrasound. Fetal fish in flood. Hades' first cousin, forcibly kissed by a hurricane called Katrina. Hot winds come one fat Tuesday. Old levee leak explodes. Fixing funds gone to homeland security. Soldiers stationed in Iraq said jazz is underwater days like lays fair mana does not fall saviors do not save hunger prays to rage for resilience improvisational genius implodes anarchy duets with despair bassist fingers lute nimble like a deaf pianist said voodoo atlantis mute the fragile eardrums of instant orphans get inundated with someone else's mama's soprano saxophone screams. And that's the first four, uh, uh, first four uh, stanzas of Where Our Protests Sound by Linnell Moise. So just to reiterate uh, where loot is used, it says hunger prays for rage for resilience, improvisational genius implodes. Anarchy duets with despair. Bassist fingers lute, nimble like a deaf pianist. Bassist fingers lute.
0: The word before uh, fingers, what is it? Bassist or bassist? Yeah, bassist like b-a-s-e or b-a-s-s-i-s-t.
3: Ah, interesting. Well, it's spelt bassist like b-a-s-s-i-s-t. But with poetry, right? All those things may come into play. Yeah, maybe play on words. And it makes sense, you know, the the bass and then the other musical instruments. Hmm. Okay.
1: So in what way uh, does a bass player lute with his fingers?
3: Well, does anyone here play bass? bass?
1: (laughs) You're a bass player, too, Aaron.
3: I am not.
0: How dare you?
1: (laughs) Oh, you were a bass player in Andrew Montana's dream. I remember now.
0: Oh, well, I did try to be a bassist at one point and I still have a, a bass, but I don't play it Sadly.
1: Oh, yeah. So you are, you're a bass player. Well, I, I wish I was. I guess I would say like, if your fingers were they nimble enough, were you able to uh, pray to rage for resilience and become an improvisational genius Perhaps uh, you would have been able to reappropriate some um, funds to yourself. Uh, Yeah. Pretty good. I, yeah, I really like this. It's like about jazz and it's kind of about, I think, um, something that people think about a lot, which is like, how did black music get so advanced, so. influential and also kind of in some ways come out of nowhere like uh, when you think about what jazz is and even the way it's played you don't really know where it's going sometimes and uh this idea that well maybe the hunger the rage um all kind of leads to this um Moment of genius like frenzy, or something like that, <clears throat> where you're desperately seeking um, music as a way of survival.
3: Yeah, survival mm-hmm. expression. Uh, did, did any of you think that the lute could also be like a double with the actual instrument lute here? Yeah, do you, I did. I, do. Do. I
1: can see that, but it's not. bassist fingers loot. I don't know. Tell me more about that. Your impressions when you think of it uh, as a pun for loot.
3: Well, I think maybe we could like, we can use both the puns, right? The bassist fingers loot, like it could be the like b a s e s, like like Aaron said. Hmm. Basis? I don't know. It's there's a lot in that one line, right? I don't know. I mean, I guess what's a lute? A lute is a
2: uh, kind of like a mandolin, right? It's a stringed instrument. That's spelled differently. That
0: different.
2: Yeah, but that's that's what uh, Ephron is saying, right? That he hears. Uh, oh yeah, he yeah. hears that the word lute. also in lute. It, it so makes he sense. He hears lute.
0: The... Makes sense. All the instruments being described, anyways. So. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, want to go back to an earlier line, or unless you wanted to continue. No, please, yeah, no. Uh, Hades kisses Hades' cousin. What's that about? <laughs> Who is Hades' cousin?
1: Hades' first cousin forcibly kissed by a hurricane called Katrina. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think it's got to be referring to the slave trade between New Orleans and uh, Haiti, right? The cycle, because uh, jazz was born in uh, New Orleans. So it's talking about like a sort of uh, connection, right? Between the cultural and like spiritual and psychic connection between um, Haiti. Haiti is uh, the ruler of the underworld. Oh, it's spelled here Haiti, right? Yeah, Hades. I mean, Hades
0: is is the the guy, or the, the god of the underworld. But it's also the place is referred to as Hades.
3: Oh, interesting. We have another double, right? Because mm. Haiti, the country, too. Ah, not the country, the the underworld. You know? No, yeah, but like it's spelled like the the country Haiti, right? H i h a i t i. Oh, it's spelled like Haiti, the country. Yeah. Click oh, I said Hades,
0: cousin, not Haiti, the country. I thought it was Hades, the underworld. Girl.
3: Oh. <laughs> Click on right. the link I, I didn't and could read it
0: because I didn't read it. I just heard it. Okay.
3: Ah, uh, this is one of those poems Why? where uh, it's uh, like there's a lot of double right. It's it's playing on the way yeah. things are said. Uh, Hades. So Hades' first cousin would be what? Or New Republic? Orleans. Huh? New Orleans, because it says uh, Hades' force first cousin forcibly kissed by a hurricane called Katrina, which Katrina hit New Orleans. Orleans. Yeah.
0: Yes, and they're, they're not that far apart. Yeah, it's, you know, port
3: to port. <laughs> yeah, and they're both huge slave ports, right? They were both hu- right, huge. Right, yeah. right. Okay. Uh,
1: there's also this, uh, there's kind of an incest, um, only in the syntax, but not literally, because it says Haiti's first cousin forcibly kissed. You know, yeah. That's the implication. A yeah. But it's actually being raped by the hurricane called Katrina. Mm -hmm. If you think about what Katrina actually did to New Orleans, it wasn't, uh, yeah, there was damage done, so.
2: Mm -hmm. I think she, yeah, she, uh, this poet is definitely writing about, like, the, the disaster of Katrina, right? It's like the next lines after that is, like, hot winds come on fat Tuesday, old levy leak explodes and then she says fixing funds gone to homeland security so the funds that were supposed to be used to like rebuild new orleans and all the places that were affected by katrina instead went to homeland security and then the next uh Mm -hmm. sentences or line is like soldiers stationed in iraq like that's actually where the money went so the money really like right the money went to Homeland security and the money went to soldier station in Iraq, right? In other words, it's like the U.S.'s other inter- military interventions. And then we move into the the the, the uh, stanza that contains the word um, and then said, jazz is underwater days like Lazy Fair. Oh, I'm sorry, the, the, the word doesn't show up here. It's jazz underwater days like Lazy Fair, man, does not fall, saviors do not save. But uh, it returns to jazz and then it talks, it begins describing the jazz again, right? The jazz is about hunger, praise to rage for resilience, improvisational genius implodes, anarchy duets with despair. And then we get to faces, fingers, loot, where the looting, right, is actually in stanza number two, where the actual looting that happened was that the US government never gave the funds that actually belonged to New Orleans to, to rebuild it because those funds were looted and given to soldiers stationed in Iraq and to Homeland Security. But meanwhile, people were, were fixated on the fact that like uh, we had images of survivors of Hurricane Katrina who were like wading through water and some of them had things with them and I don't know if you guys remember this controversy, but like uh, some news outlet had like two pictures. One was like a, of black people who were wading through water and who had things with them. And that was called looting. And then the other picture was of like white people who were wading through the waters of Katrina. And they were called not looters, but they were called something else. Like they're surviving. Scavengers? Or something. Yeah. 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 Something like scavengers or something like Victims. that.
3: Yeah, yeah i don't even i don't even think it was like scavengers i think it was something even more euphemistic but i don't remember exactly but yeah yeah mm-hmm. it, yeah oh, that's a great that's a great reading abraham that's like super yeah that's it i mean mm-hmm. one of the things i really the more i read this poem the more i like it and the more i think i want to teach it um it's actually a really brilliant it's a brilliant example of the way a, po- a poem can use enjambment right the enjambment is incredible uh, in this in this poem um, what's there, a jam in again It's like uh, the way line breaks are used in order to uh, like divide or extend a single sentence I mean that's a clumsy definition, but like especially like uh, uh fixing funds gone right and then to the homeland so you' like fixing funds gone to homeland ah but then the next line is security. So now he was fixing funds gone to Homeland security. And then the same line has the word soldiers, right? And then, but then again, that line doesn't end either because it continues soldiers stationed in Iraq. So it like appeals, it sort of like speaks to this like sort of trans imperial um, nature of uh, US military, right? Mm -hmm. So like, it's just brilliant. It's really genius. The more I read it actually, (laughs) it's super genius this poem.
1: Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely link to it so that if, uh, everyone can actually see it. It is really nice to look at, too, and uh, think about.
2: I still like the line, you know, basses, fingers, loot. and There's the idea that the bass player is Gimble stealing. Fingers, man. He's stealing music. <laughs> the bass player, he thing. or she, I'm sorry, yeah. The they're internet. stealing the music by, you know, they're so good at their playing that they're stealing like musical notes from the instrument itself, which um, goes back to, uh, yeah, to a lot of ideas that are actually in in Black music, right, where they like reverse the value system, that they take something that is is um, negative or is considered a crime or whatever, and they make it into a positive thing. Looting here is not a crime. It's, it's a cool thing that a jazz musician it like is doing. A,
0: it becomes a clarion call, yeah, much like you know, jazz music was mm-hmm. some people.
1: also, if you like, put it in terms with the earlier reference to finance, it's like all you can do in spite of the fact that all the money is being routed towards you know, uh, larger structures Military violent structures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think in our own way, we might feel like the bass player, just like desperately trying to uh, create something um, out of nothing when, when you see uh, how the structures are poised against you. Mm-hmm.
0: Sounds like improv in a class. Yeah. Sure we've all been there. All right. All right. Have we exhausted ourselves and our brains so far?
1: I love we, where we ended up on
0: this. It kind of took a natural course. And, well, yeah. Any last words?
1: Uh, we just need to choose a song, I think. Yeah, we
3: just need to choose a song.
0: Oh, um, Biggie. Or yeah, because that's the name of the notorious
3: B.I.
0: Why is he just big? Saying it like a white they, man. man.
3: Yeah, G. But, um, yeah, give me the loop.
1: Oh, give me the loop.
2: Yeah. Is that the title of the song?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's also and the, the chorus. chorus.
0: Don't
2: worry. It's super. What about. is
0: it about?
1: Is that. Eh, eh. Here's the lyrics.
0: Thanks for listening to Extreme Vocabulary. Our music is from Arnold Palmer Golf by Tokuhiko Uwabo and Wagyan Paradise by Erika Imura. Email us at extremevocabulary at or find us on Twitter and Instagram at Extreme Vocab. It was Aaron. He was Josh. He was Avery. He was Abe.
1: Uh,
0: wow, you breezed through that. Uh, that's what happens when you got a pro doing this job.
2: <laughs> See you next time. Like, you mean like Krusty? Just like one, two, three. That's how you get done, people. Yes,
3: <sighs> love. Love your fing attitude. Because the fing play, that's the that's getting screwed and bruised up from the. Whipping, webs on the neck from the necklace stripping. Then I'm dipping up the block and I'm robbing b- too. Up the herring bones and bamboos. I wouldn't give a fuck h- if you're Eric, Give me the baby rings and the number one mom pendant. Huh. I'm slamming b- like Shaquille.
1: It's real when it's time to eat a meal. I rob robbing steal.